You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 81. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. And as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here with me today. So let's talk about not overcomplicating things. Had some excellent feedback last week around the idea that messy action is better than no action. And a lot of the messages I received seemed to be, not seemed as much as they really were, centered around all the what-ifs that come from choosing to take on a new activity or to continue an activity that you've already started, but perhaps you're looking to shift in a different direction. Right? You go back and listen to the archive, which is what I call the database where all these episodes are recorded. I talked about creating your own world and how you must take action. I utilize my seven powerful principles in order to inspire you to take these steps into your best life. And when we really dove a lot into talking about um, making decisions and goal accomplishing, right? We use a couple quotes from Patton and, and Eisenhower. Uh, a good plan violently executed now is better than a perfect plan executed next week. Eisenhower says, in preparing for battle, I have always found that plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. These are great messages to take. So let's say you have gone through the process of saying, why do I want to do this thing? What is it that I'm looking to achieve? And you've developed a strategy in order to begin to achieve it. And you get to the what if stage of any learning process, any change work. And you start to future pace too much about what if, what if, what if. And you start to overcomplicate things. First of all, trying to future pace, trying to think too far into the future about where things could go, will begin to add in all these different forks in the roads and variables that actually may not even come up. So you want to be mindful to think about potential problems, right? perceived problems. That, right, no, there's no real such thing as a problem. It's a solution opportunity. Right? We're, going to, we're going to shift your mind from, oh, that's a problem. Is it? Or is it just a solution opportunity? Right? Oh, my battery died. I can't use my phone right now. That's a big problem. Or is it a solution opportunity? Look around for another way to record what it is you're trying to do. Or go and look for a power cord. Right In the future, in order to not find yourself in that perceived problem of a dead phone battery, you could look for a solution opportunity ahead of time and make sure your phone stays charged or when it gets around 20%, you pull out your phone charger that you always carry with you because you're solution oriented. And now you can charge your phone while you're sitting there at the table for 15 minutes talking to a friend. That's 15 more minutes of energy your phone just had because you're thinking about solution opportunities. You don't want to completely not think into the future. You don't want to overwhelm yourself thinking about the future. Anytime I go to drive from Los Angeles to Vegas or to Utah or to Phoenix, I have to go through a desert area. It might be the Highland Desert, but it's still a desert. And there can still be tens and 50, 60 miles where they're out actually being an exit with a gas station. 
So I make sure that my car has enough gas. I make sure that I have prepared by keeping some protein bars in the back seat of the car along with five or 10 water bottles so that if there's multiple people in the car, we all have enough water to at least get us through a day or two if we somehow got stranded out in the middle of nowhere and we're waiting to be rescued, right? Now, I do that because I want to at least be able to knock back some of the easier things that could go wrong if I'm driving across the desert, Right. I make sure I have an emergency tent, an emergency blanket, which is like these aluminum foil things that you can buy from like um, REI outdoor sports stores. I have a couple of those because you don't know what the elements could do. That being said, you know, full tank of gas, good tire pressure. I know when the car is good to go. I'm going to launch myself out into the desert. I have enough things prepared. I'm not going to sit here and try to future pace. Oh my God, what if it rains? What if I'm in the flash flood? Do I have, you know, do, do I have a, a canoe? Do I have a kayak? Do I have galoshes? I mean, all this other stuff. Before you know it, you, the whole car is full of crap that you're you, you're hoping you don't need, but you've prepared to have it. That's can be seriously um, almost overwhelming to think about how to pack all that stuff up so that you can get your way on a trip to just just going to Phoenix from Los Angeles. It's like, okay, let's pump the brakes. There are certain things that we can get along the way if we need them. But for now, let's be able to get in the car and just go, right? There's that whole idea of, of, you know, just go, taking that action. Don't leave your house with no credit card, no cash, and a quarter tank of gas and expect that you're going to be able to drive 800 miles. Preparation is necessary. Overcomplicating that preparation will stop you in your tracks before you even start. So look for the path of, re- of least resistance and ask yourself, why are you overcomplicating this? What is your thought that you're having around this activity? If we're driving from LA to Phoenix, if my thought is uh, negative, I don't really want to go, I'd really rather not do this, I'm going to start putting up these perceived barriers in front of me that will inhibit me from moving forward with this trip to Phoenix. If I have positive thoughts about this trip to Phoenix, then I'm going to be able to easily overcome any of these perceived barriers. I will easily and effortlessly flow right into uh, the solution opportunity. And before you know it, I'm on the road and I'm super pumped and here we go. So if your thought is positive, you will easily overcome these perceived issues you're placing in front of yourself. If your thought around why you're going to Phoenix is negative, then you are going to put these barriers in front of yourself and you're going to make them increasingly feel more unsurmountable. And when you do that to yourself, you stop even trying to go to Phoenix, you come up with excuses, you call your friend for why you can't make it, and then you sit at home stewing in the disappointment that you're not in Phoenix, but at least you're happy enough with yourself that you've rationalized why you shouldn't go because you let this negative thought take over. Negative thoughts aren't bad. They are a part of the human condition. You just merely need to understand why is this negative thought there? What is it you can learn from the negative thought? And then how can you utilize the negative thought by, by spinning it around to a positive one so that you can continue on your journey in life? You also want to be thinking about your emotions and what you're feeling right now. If it's a negative emotion, again, if it's you're, you're fearful of the drive across the desert, 
you are fearful of how you'll be accepted whenever you show up at your friend's house, if they'll be happy to see you or not. Perhaps you have some fear around meeting new people. Perhaps you have a test the next week, so you have some trepidation about going because that's going to take away time from studying on the test, which you fear failing the test, which means that you're a failure, and now you're not going to pass college, and you're going to be, you know, I don't know, working in somewhere you don't want to be working. I was really mindful right there not to use any kind of example that might offend someone. <laughs> I'm sure my brain went through about 50 different jobs. And I was like, nope, just say wherever you don't want to work, that's where you'll end up working if you go to Phoenix and you don't study and you fail the test. <laughs> if it's a positive emotion, I can't wait to connect with my friend. I can't wait to bond with them you know, over a campfire. I can't wait to go on a really awesome hike. This is going to be so great. I'm going to build some physical endurance. I'm going to have an emotional connection. I'm going to learn some new things while I'm there. I'm, you know, I value the outdoors, so I can't wait to be able to go experience that with my friend. These positive emotions will help you move through perceived problems right into solution opportunities, and you won't even notice that you're doing it. But if you let the negative emotions erode at your confidence in going to Phoenix for a myriad of reasons, I know possibly way, no possibly way could, could possibly summarize all in this podcast. There's infinite negative emotions you could have about infinite negative reasons for why you should not go. You need to decide if those are legitimate. Should you really stay home and study? Or can you go and enjoy this at Phoenix and not have in the back of your head this negative emotion and thought about how you're going to fail the test because you're in Phoenix? Discover the emotion and the thought. And we're not looking for a way to rationalize our way through them. We're looking for tangible thoughts around what it is that we're thinking. And we're looking for tangible ways to shift our emotions so that they can be more positive. It's one thing to say, I can't come to Phoenix because I have a huge test on Monday I haven't prepared for versus making up an excuse so you don't have to go because you're afraid of what might occur while you're there. Just step into it and say, hey, I don't really want to come. I don't want to overdrink. I'm not confident in my driving skills. Those are those start to become more legitimate. You can still overcome those and go straight to solution opportunity if you disagree with yourself that you won't drink that much or if at all. If you're not confident in your driving abilities, you could go out and practice so that you get more confident. There's always a solution opportunity if you go into it with the right mindset. Right? If you're constantly getting ready to get ready instead of actually preparing to start, and there's a difference. I see this a lot in the self-help community. These people who will continuously go to workshops, listen to podcasts, sign up for programs, like they're always getting ready to get ready. They're not even getting ready to start. They're getting ready to get ready to start. I got to learn more and then I and then I and then I'm going to go buy a microphone and then I'm going to go buy a laptop and then I'm going to, you know, uh, get a name for the podcast. It's like 50 things to get ready to get ready to start. The people I see achieve the most in their lives are the ones who say, okay, I want to I want to share this message to the world. How can I do that? You know what? I can just hit record on a Facebook Live or an Instagram Live or an Instagram TV, or I can go over to TikTok and I can produce some 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 videos and I can get my message out there. And I can be getting my message out there every single day while I'm also preparing to get my equipment ready for the podcast I'm going to launch. 
at least you're making a movement on sharing your knowledge, on sharing the things that you believe the community wants to hear from you. That's awesome. That's beautiful. But if you don't even hit record on one of those apps, and then you just sit there and look at equipment for a month, then you have made no movement forward in sharing. You've gained no experience in getting comfortable actually sharing knowledge over these apps. And therefore, you don't have any experience to draw upon when you finally hit record if you ever actually start your podcast. And there's a big difference between doing a minute worth of content on TikTok or a seven to 10 minute video on IGTV and actually writing up show notes and, and preparing yourself thoroughly and having all of your content in order so that you can get on to the microphone and you can speak as concisely as possible while certainly throwing in a fair amount of rambling <laughs> and produce a product that people will want to consistently touch back to. It's all possible if you start to move into the actual production. Going, Go back to the very first handful of episodes of this. Now, mind you, I probably already had 50 previous podcasting episodes under my belt. I already did a web series called Disposable Trends years ago. It's not available on YouTube anymore. We took it down, but I think we knocked out 50 or 60 episodes on that. I had a production background in news and sports and red carpet interviews. I had a lot of experience being on a microphone and being confident in my ability to share information and to move the conversation along. If you don't have these things, you can certainly grow into them, but don't wait till you have all the ducks in a row, all the lights are green before you leave the driveway to hit record for that podcast. If you have something that you want to say to the world, then hit record on your phone and start getting it out now. You gain experience points and confidence by taking steps forward rather than sitting here getting ready to get ready. We have a ton of weird excuses of what we need to do before we can start. I've done it with programs. I've done it with podcasts. I've done it in my life. As a coach, as a speaker, as a trainer, I do not have my life figured out. People who think coaches have everything figured out want to walk into that conversation with a negativity around coaching. Uh, a sports coach does not have everything figured out. They have a playbook that they can go back and see what's worked in the past. They can tinker with the things that didn't work as well as they would prefer. They come up with a game plan for the situation, realizing they need to be fluid while the game is happening in order for them to respond to the other team's actions. That's what you're doing when you take your plan out into the world. You have to be fluid as you respond to the rest of the world and how they're taking on what you're providing them. If you think that your plan is going to be perfect in the moment you get punched in the mouth, and I'm using a Muhammad Ali metaphor, I'm not really saying you should get punched in the mouth. He used to say uh, a fight plan is a fight plan is is great until you get punched in the mouth the first time, something like that. My point being is that you take your plan and you put it out there. Plannings are great. Plan is planning. Is, what is it? Um, planning is great, but plans are priceless. Uh, planning is priceless, but plans are worthless. Uh, goodness gracious. <laughs> you know, when I try to recall an old quote that I've used in the past, and then all of a sudden it doesn't come out the way that I would prefer. I think I used it in last week's show. Um, in preparing for battle, I always found that plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. That's Eisenhower. So, right. So planning is priceless, but plans are useless. So you want to have a plan in place so that you can begin to morph it. But if you just go out there with no plan at all, 
then you're going to find yourself struggling for the next step because you don't have a well thought out plan in place in general. You can always morph something that always exists. It's much more difficult to morph things that haven't even been put out into the tangible world. I'm creating a program called Wise Mind Empowerment that's going to be teaching this NLP that I talk so much about in a more condensed manner with some worksheets and audio and video files. It will not be the quintessential coup d'etat of my life when I release it. It will be a living, breathing course that I will be able to continue adding information into. And I am organizing it and structuring it and producing it in a way where I'll easily be able to slide in new information or updates as necessary without losing the basic infrastructure and collapsing it. That's something that I find very important so I can add as it goes along. I put enough thought into it and now it's time to put it into action. And once it's out there and people start to join it and people start to invest in themselves through me by becoming a part of it, then they can learn from it. And until I put it out there and get feedback, somebody might be like, dude, you know, this was a great idea, but I just didn't understand it well enough. Great. I can ask them what they didn't understand. I can go back. I can look at the content. I can see if that was a tangible issue that came from me. And, and how I was explaining it, or if it was an issue that they were having with their understanding or mindset around it. Either way, can't change anything that doesn't exist. It's just thoughts in your head. Everybody has ideas. Oh my God, I have so many great ideas. Great. How many things have you done with your ideas? Because the world is full of ideas. Everybody's got an idea. You know how many people probably thought I'd love to have interstellar space travel and be able to take people back and forth from Mars? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Ray Bradbury probably first came up with that idea when he started writing his novellas way back in the day. Hell, Copernicus, probably when he first discovered Jupiter, was like, oh my God, how cool would it be to actually land on Mars so we could get to Jupiter? I'm sure people had the idea. Elon Musk is the one who's moving forward with it. Lots of people had the idea of space travel. Who's actually going to make it happen first? I got my money on Musk. Ideas are in plethora. It's people who take action on those ideas. That's where the world needs more of. That's where you can become that person. Have an idea, write a book, get it out of your head so that another awesome idea can take front and center and you can work on that. If you've got 30 ideas that you're juggling, do you honestly think that any one of them can be priority one if they all are taking up space? Figure out your priority, get it done, and move on with it. Look for the path of least resistance. What is the next smallest step? You want to encourage better communication in your relationships. You want to get more physically fit. Whatever it might be, look for the path of least resistance and take the next smallest step. If you decide that you want to be more at peace and you want to start meditating and you meditate for five minutes and when it's done, you're like, well, that was worthless. I don't feel any different. First of all, change. The decision to change can happen in an instant, but the actual change itself will take some time to sink in. It'll take some discipline in order for you to see it it through to fruition. It just will. Even when I do NLP processes on people so that they can release childhood trauma or or release fear, release anger or sadness in their life, the change can take hold in that instant that they decide that they're ready to release it. 
They've decided I'm ready to release this anger I have towards my parents. Let's do this NLP process. Great. You do it. The change has occurred. It's the evidence procedure you put yourself to prove that it's changed. It's because you need to now go out, you need to communicate with your parents, and you need to evaluate how your communication with them, how your feelings toward them, how your thoughts around them as a person, how has that changed? That's where you're able to evaluate the effectiveness of the process, you know, start to see ways that it could be tinkered with so that it it works better the next time. And then we can come back. If we need to, we can do it again. In many cases, it's just the application of the change that gives you the confidence that it's working, that moves you forward. And the more you move forward with the confidence that it's working, the more that it actually will begin to work. The more you stand there and think you're stuck and that it's not working, then the more that that thought and that feeling will take over. I say this all the time. You're not stuck. You're standing still. Don't overcomplicate things. Move forward. Next smallest step. If five minutes of meditation doesn't give you that oomph that you wanted, then you can say, well, one, it's not going to happen overnight. But two, okay, five minutes, let's try 10. Let's try 15. But if you never try five, You'll have no data to evaluate to see if five is useful or if it needs to be more. You have to have the experience of doing it in order to evaluate different ways of doing it the next time. If you overcomplicate things, then you'll freeze yourself before you even start. You you will not achieve the things that you desire from your life. And you will walk around with this general malaise that you are incapable of accomplishing amazing things. The beauty of college and high school is they put you into a system where you have no choice but to move forward. This is the fall semester, or this is the spring semester, and this is what you're doing, and this is the time to come to class, and here's the tests in the papers so that you can gauge your growth and your effectiveness in reteaching the professor back the material, and there you go. It's a system laid out for you. You either participate in it or you get kicked out of school. (laughs) When you graduate, Life won't always be so cut and dry, laid out with a table of contents of when the next test or when the next paper or when the next assignment is due. In many cases, it will be up to you. It'll be up to you to move through any of that instant gratification effect that might be happening, right? You got this instant gratification monkey saying, no, let's go play with this shiny object. You'll get stalled out in your career, you'll get stalled out in your relationships, or you'll get stalled out on your personal growth, and then you'll start to question your ability to achieve things, and you'll start to get down on yourself, and before you know it, you are settling for a less-than life, all because you couldn't lay out a plan, know that it's going to need to be fluid, and start taking action toward that plan, toward that desired outcome. I have laid it out for you. I have guided you to this conclusion. Now it's up to you to take this information and apply it or review it and preferably go teach it to someone else so it further sinks in. And that's how we're going to end this episode. I have come up with a brand new acronym. Join my tribe. Don't just subscribe. And the acronym is START. And it is subscribe 
to the podcast. Subscribe to uh, my Instagram account, Jesse Mogul, or my From Sobriety to Recovery one if you think that you might have a drinking issue. Subscribe. And then the T stands for talk to me. Leave me a message. Shoot me an email. My email is in the show notes. Go and let me know. Leave a review on iTunes. That would really help out my algorithm. Trust me. Other people, they get them, they show up higher, and they haven't done a show in like two years. How on earth are they still getting reviews and they haven't produced a new episode in two years? What in the hell is that all about? Take what I have taught and apply it. In order, then that's the A. The R stands for review. Review the outcome that you got from the application and then teach it to somebody else. The best way to learn something at a deeper level is to explain it to somebody else. So next time you watch one of your friends overcomplicating things instead of stepping into action mode, instead of stepping into the solution opportunity, they get stuck in the perceived problem and they don't think that they can move. You explain them this episode and then you fire it up and you let them listen to me as well. And boy, oh boy, will that start off a conversation. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. I'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye.